Hi, everyone. It's Karen Chong, and I'm here with my co-host, Dennis Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Mastering Your World Through Frequencies, where every week we explore how frequencies shape our world and begin to release the patterns that keep us stuck so we can realize our greatest potential. The very nature of illusion is that when we're under it, we believe that it's real. However, when we see it for what it is, it can change our perspective as a result. Today, we're going to be talking about commonly held illusions about the reality that most people think are real. And once we know of them or see them for what they are, they can change the game. After the discussion, we're going to wrap it up with a group frequency calibration to help begin remove the distortion patterns around this topic. So let's get started. Dennis? You know, Karen, when I first heard that we were going to do a segment on illusions, uh, the first thing that came to mind is a few years ago, I had the opportunity to catch the David Copperfield show mm -hmm. in Vegas. Mm -hmm. And it was just amazing, you know? And the, yeah. he's got this huge crowd and all these people, and he's been doing this for years. Yeah. But the funny thing is, when you walk out of that show, yeah. I mean, you still are wondering what is real yeah. because he has captured the whole illusion thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a master. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious for you, uh, help me about when you talk about illusion in regard to our everyday world, what does that mean to you? Yeah. Well, I'm just going to um, add on to what you said about uh, David Copperfield and magic. Because there are a whole bunch of um, different magicians now who are doing things that literally are blowing people's minds. Like I, I watch pe their faces, like uh, you can watch them. And it's so, it actually puts them into fear, some people, because they can't believe that what he's done is possible. Like things are, that they've written appearing inside an orange that he's never cut, you know, and then they cut it open and there's the thing, or whatever it is. Yeah. So they, but, and it's interesting to watch people because when you start to shake people's idea of what is real, fundamentally, some of them go into fear because their brains start to like actually break a little bit because they want to hold on to that certainty of the rules of the world. So when illusion can ha happens like that, it can be really disconcerting for people, I've noticed. So. What I'm going to talk about today is similar because it, it, uh, what we believe to be real, and because we have disagreements amongst us collectively about the ways way things work, it gives us a sense of safety, of certainty. And when that starts to be challenged, we can start to feel a little bit wobbly. And the interesting thing that I'll just note from a big picture standpoint is when we get to the point in terms of frequency vibration, when you realize you don't need that certainty, where it's okay that everything is fluid, that you don't know exactly what's happening. That changes, right? So I know it sounds scary if I'm just talking about this in a vacuum, but what I'll say is as you grow or rise in your frequency vibration, you just start to adapt. It actually becomes something that you familiarize yourself with, that instability or that uncertainty or being okay in the not yet known. So I'll just premise this conversation with So let, let, me, yeah. let me stop you right premise. there because you know, as, as a human, mm -hmm. as a person, mm -hmm. I'm always seeking safety and security. Mm -hmm. And what that means to me is to feel really comfortable about the world I live in. Mm -hmm. And this is this, and this is that. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, if that's okay, then I'm okay. Mm -hmm. And now you're saying, whoa. Yeah. 
Because the, the, the challenge with what you just described is that the, your safety is based on what the external reality is. So you're using reference points in your external circumstance to make you internally feel safe. Does that make sense? As opposed to the certainty of the safety of knowing your own essence, of knowing your own completeness, your wholeness on spirit level that's unshakable, that is so confident. It's like beyond confidence. It's like it's such a known experience that radiates through all of your cells. It's not shakable. Does that make sense? So it doesn't matter what the external circumstances are doing. And I know that's hard to understand. Yeah. It may even be irritating for some people to hear, but it's true. And when you get to that point, things really radically shift. So to get to the question about the illusions, because I know that was your original question, and yeah. one is a little yeah. tangent. Yeah. There's a number of them. So the first is um, that we believe that our physical bodies um, are all that is, like that this is the game, right? This is the game. The third dimensional density is solid, it's real, it doesn't change, and um, that's it. There's nothing else. I think the other part of that is that I probably have so many years. years and then you're gonna die and then yeah, that's the end of the game. Yeah, and yeah. I can kinda hear the tick tock <laughs> as you get older yeah. the tick it gets a little louder. louder. <laughs> <laughs> and it also happens for women too with regards to to babies. Exactly. So women hear the tick tock a little earlier than you guys do. And then along with that tick tock is kind of a fear or mm -hmm. a sense of insecurity yeah. or so like, you know, that world that I thought was so stable and mm -hmm. secure. Isn't. Oh yeah. it's not. Yeah, so there, the main, so there's a few main illusions, okay? So the first one is that the physical reality is stable, fixed, and unchanging. That's not true. The other, and I'll talk about that in a minute, because okay. it's going to tie together, and that our, our physical bodies are, are, we are our physical bodies, meaning that they are the only thing, there's nothing else to us ex except for the physical, okay? And then the third thing has to do with time, okay? Meaning that time is limited because our bodies are finite, obviously, right? They start to decay and then we die, right? So those are the three biggest ones. And then the fourth uh, I would mention is that we are separate from the all that is. That we, are, does that make sense to you? That yeah. we are totally alone yeah. and individuated and separate, okay? Yeah. Or disconnected. Some people who are in pain will think of it as a disconnection, okay? And that's so, something you hear quite a quite bit from yes. people, is yep. that I, I feel very Real alone. alone. Alone, yeah. yep. And what I'll say is, you're never alone, actually. <laughs> and not in a creepy way, but in a nice way, you're actually never alone. Um, okay, so I'm gonna talk about the illusion of the reality first. Now, this is not a new concept. You know, the Hindus have been talking this about this for centuries, as have the ancient Chinese, the Tibetans, Egyptians. This is not a new idea, right? That this is an illusion. Okay, um, it's very difficult to understand this mentally like from the mind of like, this is an illusion because it sure as hell feels, oh, I just cursed, oh well. Um, it sure as heck feels real, yes? It feels like this is it. Okay, the reason it's hard to grasp like on a feeling level, that idea that this illusion is real is because it requires a certain level of frequency vibration in order to experience it. So you can mentally understand it, like the idea of it, right? Like, okay, this is an illusion, but what does that really mean? Right? You know, and then a lot of people will talk about like your dream world or your sleep world is an illusion, as is your waking world. They're both the dreams, right? So people make that analogy. Like they're both dreams, they're different, but they're both dreams. It's actually, I think, very difficult for people um, in the Western world to mentally or 
I guess they can intellectually get it to some idea, but it's hard to experientially know it and feel it. And like I said, it's because it requires a certain frequency level vibration to get to, okay? Again, I realize that might be a little like, oh, that's so annoying, but it's true because the thing is you have to clear enough of your own distortion patterns to get to the point where you, at least from my experience, where you can merge enough with the all that is and release enough of your identity that when you come out of that merging, when you look at the world, it's like you're looking at a skin. It's literally like you're looking at clothing or like a skin or something very thin. Does that make sense? Like, you know, like you're looking at the skin of something or like a piece of cloth. It's not real. It's almost like you could put your hand through the wall. It doesn't exist. And so, um, and the, and I'll just relate this to my journey in case it's helpful. So the first time that happened for me was in December of 2017. I actually went into a very prolonged nine-hour meditation where um, I was going to pierce the absolute. That was the intention of that meditation. And the absolute is the all that is, our pure source. Um, For me, in my journey, and I I rarely share this, but I think it's going to be helpful, for I had to rise or uh, accelerate my vibrational level through certain fields of vibration to get to the point where I could actually pierce into the absolute, meaning that field of the all that is, of pure source, of oneness, where I, Karen me, the identity of me did not exist. So meaning I had to raise my own frequency vibration enough that I could uh, rise to the level of the field of what we call love. It's not human love, like the idea of like, I love you, you love me. It's actually just the clear resonation of that consciousness of love, void of human emotion, okay? It's just a highly vibrating field. After that is light. After that is awareness, consciousness. And then beyond that is the field of the absolute or the all that is or pure source, okay? So I know that sounds hard for some people to understand, but these are literally levels of consciousness that have a certain vibrational level that you that in my experience you have to be able to come into be at and then surpass in order to rise in level enough to get to the field of the absolute i'm not saying you have to do this for me this is what has to happen okay once i pierced into the field of the absolute which was actually very scary okay because i had to surrender my identity okay and that sounds like very easy to say i surrender my identity like for real, it was really hard. It was probably the hardest things I've ever done. I used to be somebody who's very controlling. So for me to surrender to that level was extraordinarily difficult. Okay, so that meant I had to release my attachment to everybody I love. Very hard. Okay, especially for me, my hardest person was Chris. Yeah. So, um, so that was really difficult. Then I had to release my identity of who I thought I was. And then I had to release my mind. And it, it got to the point where, because I kept hitting the ceiling, like literally it felt like I was bumping against a glass ceiling. I was like, I'd, be, I'd rise up, my vibration would rise, and I'd be like, dunk, dunk, <laughs> and I couldn't go anymore. Um, and then I realized, okay, I really, I really have to let go of what's me. And it's really terrifying to let go of our identity because it's what roots us here. It's what we think is us. Yeah. We really believe this is us. So I was just like, okay, all right, I'm willing to, in this moment, let go of everything I think of as me. Like for real, if I lose my, like that's in a way saying if I lose my mind, I'm okay with it, right? And it was very scary for me to do this. So I I think I cried for a little bit first, but then I was just like, okay, for real, I'm gonna do this. I I, I don't know what that meant, but um, so I surrendered. And at that point, that's when I pierced in the absolute. So anyway, this was a nine hour meditation. Okay, so in that field of the absolute, um, (laughs) it's the funniest thing, Dennis, 
I think I, la I, like, I, la I was like laughing and crying at the same time because I, I was laughing because it was so simple, right? Like I am everything, everything is me. It's so simple. And to feel it though, I, to remember it was like a very joyful thing. And then I cried with such grief because I'd forgotten it. And it was like, how do you forget that you're breathing? I mean, right? It was that profound that I'd forgotten a truth that was so uh, innate, you know? I couldn't believe that I'd forgotten it. So I cried anyway. So there's alternating crying and laughing. Anyway, I, I'm sure if you'd had a little video cam on me for this night, I was, it would have looked like I'd gone completely crazy. But anyway, I came out of this meditation. And when I did, that's when, for real, for the first time in my entire life, I was like, this isn't real. This whole physical reality is an amazing, incredible, detailed, precise, interactive playground to learn. And how spectacular is it that we get to experience this? That was my feeling. And I happened to be in Sedona at the time, and I went for a hike the next day. And I just was looking at everything like, whoa, this is that we create this illusion together. We create this. It's amazing. So we can learn from it, right? So there's this profound gratitude for it and an extraordinary awareness that it wasn't real, okay? So it's, it's strange. It's a strange thing. It's hard for me to convey exactly, yeah. but that's the feeling. So when you get to that stage, that's the biggest illusion that was disintegrated that moment is that this is real and that we're separate. From the all that is that's like a huge when we when we get beyond that then dennis that's when my entire lifetime as a seeker stopped so 25 years of seeking ended because there was nothing left to seek because i was like oh i'm part of the all that is it's part of me okay and there's nothing left to to know i mean because also in the oneness there are no secrets there are zero secrets in the oneness so you can access everything and i was like oh I can access everything. We all can. We've just forgotten. You see what I'm saying? And we need to come to the, the vibrational level that we can access it. Yeah. But we can. I'm not that special. I just yeah. happen to be sort of faster than most people, right? That's yeah. it. Yeah. But I'm not like, this is not like special ability from Karen. It's just yeah. I happen to have removed enough of my distortion patterns that I could get to this level of consciousness. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I just want to make sure that people understand that. All right? That's where we're all going. It's yeah. not like yeah. it's just me alone. Okay. So... Um, did you have a question? I do. Okay, I can, <laughs> I can feel the question, please. I go do, but, okay, but I don't want to stop No, no, you. go. <laughs> so, please. yeah, you breathe. Okay, <laughs> so the first question, Karen, yes. is have, since that date, yes. have you had this experience again? Have you had that opportunity to break through those, yeah. those layers? Yeah, so it becomes more stable in the sense that it becomes more of your everyday, if that, that makes sense. That's what I was wondering. If you yeah. bring kind of that awareness yeah. back down with you, yeah. it's like, oh, I mean, that was unbelievable. Yeah. And now I'm going to integrate that into my everyday life. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so. it's, no, of course, do I forget sometimes? Of course, like we're human. It's part of yeah. the, yeah. It's part of the, yeah. the opportunity of being human, right? Yeah. So you can continue to learn. Yeah. And... It's there running in the background all the time. You can't, un, you can't, once you wake up like that, you 
it's hard to go back to sleep. So, and you don't want to really, yeah. right? And so it's just running there in the background, this knowingness and something profoundly changed for me that day. It was like unshakable of like, oh, this really profound knowingness, right? That I'm never alone, that I'm part of this incredible field, wow. right? That I am consciousness, infinite consciousness. Like I, I, we don't have words to describe this. Yeah. I'm struggling a bit because yeah. it's like, yeah. how do you explain in words something that's unexplainable really? The other, the other question I've got. Yeah, please. Sorry, sorry no, to, please. Uh, is, um, I'm real, I'm curious, mm -hmm. um, is that really part of that spark that really, it's, it's, you're so excited to help others release their distortions, increase their frequencies, and to grow and to allow them to evolve to the place where, you know, they can start to move toward that experience themselves? Yeah. So, um, as I've always said, your journey is yours. Yeah. And by sharing this and by, sh and by helping people remove the distortion patterns, we can all get there a heck of a lot faster. Yeah. Right? So that's part of it. It's like, come on guys, let's remember. Well, what yeah. I hear is the four minute mile. Yeah, exactly. Is that, you know, that. until I hear that, oh, there's that possibility yeah. and humans can do that. Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. you, you just don't even want to, you know, yeah. consider and, it. And the way I did it was specific to me. Okay. So the way I yeah. went through that process yeah. is specific to me. All right. Yeah. So yeah. it's not, you don't have to emulate it in order to get there. It's not like, yeah. you know what I mean? You have to do everything that yeah. I did in order yeah. to get there. It's not required. I'm also not, like I said, I just want to reiterate that and that I'm not particularly special. Yeah. All I did was remove the distortion patterns yeah. in order to get there, yeah. right? In order to remove, right, to get to the, not there, but like that yeah. vibrational level so that I could access that is really all that is, okay? Yeah. Because I just want to, because people always think, oh, you're so amazing and you can do this and I can't. I'm like, no, you just got to keep going and then you yeah. will eventually, yeah. you know? That's, that's all it is. Yeah. So I just wanted to make that really clear. I yeah. think the other thing is, so for us to come back to mm -hmm. who we are, yeah. and uh, when you talk about the uniqueness, you did it at that point in your life, yes. at that age, yeah. And you happen to be in Sedona, but it could have been. It could have been anywhere. Africa. I, I could, could have been sitting on my couch in San Francisco. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. No, exactly. No, no, no. It doesn't have to be. A, it doesn't have to be a specific place. There doesn't have to be a particular ceremony. You don't have to sit in a meditation for hours. It can happen like this. It can happen instantly. It yeah. really. It doesn't have to be look anything yeah. like the package I just described Exa at all. Exactly. Yeah. And that's at what all. I, that's yeah. what I wanted people to hear. Yeah. It's like oh oh my lord. I've got to, you know. You don't have to do any of that, right? And so this yeah. could happen to a 10-year-old riding the bus home from school today. Yeah, totally. You know, just kind of that breaking yeah. through. Absolutely. And so yeah. we don't want to get caught up in your journey. Correct. We want, yeah. to, we want to really come back and yeah. take a look at our own journey. Yeah, because it is your own journey. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so I only share that just because it may be helpful for people yeah. in order to understand oh, no. the process. Yeah. But yeah. I don't, like I, you said, it does, the wrapping doesn't have to look the same. Yeah. So I would say those are, that's like the main, go ahead, you have a question. Well, can that's we circle back to the illusion yeah. part of it? Yeah. And so you broke through and you had this awareness, yeah. like, oh my, you know, so yeah. from this day forth, I can't pretend like I didn't have to. <laughs> I don't really want to either. No, no, yeah. but I mean, so, so when you kind of bring that experience yeah. back to this everyday world that yeah. we're living in, yeah. how, how can you help us with our illusions that we have? 
Well, it will happen naturally as a consequence of your removal of the distortion patterns. And it will happen differently, like I said, for everybody, right? Some people go into meditation and things are revealed to them, Some, right? Whether it's in the middle of the night or in the middle of the day or whatnot. It typically happens in meditation. It doesn't have to. So your meditation doesn't have to mean that you're sitting upright on a meditation cushion doing anything. You could be in the middle of a swim and have a profound revelation. You don't have to, do you see what I'm saying? You don't have to be like sitting inert meditating in order for this breakthrough to happen, okay? It really has to do with your vibrational level. And also, as we ascend higher and higher, your higher self will activate more because there's fewer distortions between you and it. It wants to, like part of your your reason for being here, and we'll talk about purpose in a different um, episode, is to remember your true essence. Right? to remember your connection to pure source, that you are it, it is you, right? So to remember that. So your higher self starts to like activate, right? It's like, well, here we go. Like we're starting to get enough momentum here. And so some people will get pulled into dream states when they're sleeping and have revelation there. Some people will wake up like you do early in the morning and have revelation there, right? Some people will, um, like I said, be, uh, I don't know, swimming or running or whatever, and then all of a sudden revelation. And it's not even necessarily conscious from the standpoint of like, well, I know now that this is true. It's just this is like, wow, something's just changed. And I feel like something profound has just happened with regards to my ability or capacity to have a total abundance or whatever. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Or that I'm loved and never alone or whatever, whatever yeah. it is, right? And then it starts to become more and more expansive and more in depth and it just kind of happens. And this is profound shift that happens, right? In these moments of clarity. And so to answer your question, I'm sorry to get back to your question, yeah. is, um, is that what happens is I help you clear the distortion patterns from that your higher self activates and you start to have these moments of revelation which then take you to this place where you can have even more profound experiences and as your frequency vibration rises you'll be able to pierce these different levels of consciousness which will then allow you to get to the absolute it's not required that you do that that way but for example somebody like Eckhart Tolle who had like an instant awakening he actually pierced through all four like immediately he just went like wham right through all of them right because he in his story it was like pretty instant like he was homeless and all of a sudden he had this moment and then he was in an awakened state yes so or something like this I actually don't know his story very well but I know it was pretty fast so it could be like that but you could also if it's not that's not happening for you like I said we're getting to the point where not quite yet where I'm going to be able to help people actually get to, like in a group, get to these different levels of yeah. consciousness and then actually be able to merge into the absolute. Not yet, soon. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you mentioned kind of the whole sleep patterns and, yeah. and dreaming and things like that. And so from a personal standpoint, you kind of have these revelations mm-hmm. and they're kind of subtle and yeah. you kind of question like, what was that all about? <laughs> and so, and then you go about your day. Yeah. And then it's funny. It's you're talking to somebody, yeah. and this wisdom comes out of you. It's like, whoa! I, I, I don't know. I don't. Who's talking? Oh God, it's me. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. You know. Yeah. So it's like it's this process. Yeah. 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 Totally. So. Um, agreed. And uh, the other illusion I just want to mention is time. If that's okay. okay. That's okay. a biggie. That's a big one. And we do, we did an yeah. entire segment yeah. or episode on time. So um, I'm not going to get into like it's super in-depth now because it's like a huge section on time. But the biggest revelation with regards to time, there's a number of them. 
One is that there's two forms of time. There's the eternal now and there's a linear time and they're running concurrently. Okay, and as you've said many times, the eternal now is the backdrop. Yeah. Linear time runs on top of it like a train running yeah. over the, this yeah. backdrop. Yeah. Okay, so it's important to understand that. Again, look at those segments. Go back to those segments and watch them if you want to know more about that. The other is that, it's interesting, that time is rigid. It's unmoving. Okay, so that linear time, past, present, future, is rigid. So here's the thing with time. As you start to ascend, we have to be careful a little bit with time because we can just start to distort it, meaning um, we can start to stretch it, right? So actually, it's interesting. Um, there are definitely people who can distort time so that they can get to places they shouldn't be able to, like physically, like I have to drive from point A to point B, okay? It should take me, because it has taken me for the past 10 years, 28 minutes to get from A to B because it's my work route. But you get to a point where you can hold presence so much and you can stretch time that, oh my God, you can make it there in 16 minutes. How did that happen? Right? Yeah. And it's the same conditions, right? Same traffic patterns, same conditions, whatever. But it always is taking you 20 minutes, 28 minutes or thereabouts before, and now you can do it in 16. So it's interesting when we, that not everyone can do this, but as we ascend, there are people who are here and part of what they're meant to transcend or learn is the physical. Part of the physical is about mastering time. We can stretch time, okay? We it's not as rigid as we think. And we can actually, um, and it's relation to space, particularly, meaning how fast can we traverse space in a given point in time? Does that make sense? Yeah. So people will start to be able to do that. Also, this feeling of spaciousness of time, okay, that's different from space-time, like the feeling of getting from point A to B in a certain amount of time. Another indicator is spaciousness of time, the feeling of time. So meaning, right now, there's an illusion that we don't have enough time because, again, our bodies are running and we decay and we eventually die. Yes, and so we're very aware of this and that feeds that urgency with regards to scarcity of time. In our work worlds, we always feel like we don't have enough time. Not always, often. Okay, those of us in the corporate world are aware that we don't have enough, yeah? So as you ascend in frequency vibration, some of you will get to the point where even if you have five minutes, it's almost like you can stretch it because you're so present and you can enter into the eternal now that those five minutes feel like a half an hour. So when you come back into linear time, right, you can feel really refreshed because that five minutes felt like 30 to you or even longer, or sometimes an hour. But you were so present in that moment, you come back and you're like totally reset. So it's like you come back reset in time, but clearer. Does that make sense? So you not only are stretching time so it's more spacious, but you're like exiting into eternal now to reset you. So when you come into back into linear time, you feel nourished and reset. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So I not only took that five minutes to 15, 20. Mm -hmm. Or but, even an hour. But I also kind of stepped out of this realm in terms of linear time, yep. Into another realm mm -hmm. for that reset, for mm -hmm. that refreshment. Yes. And then I came back. Yes. And so picked it back up and that Here was... you are and you feel great. And I wanted to say that at a certain level, that can look a lot like spacing out. Yeah. Okay? So it, like literally, like you'll just like stare out the window and like space out. And to somebody observing you, it's just a, a human looking at the sky or at the palm trees or whatever, right? 
your internal experience will be a, what I just described. It's yeah. like you are actually merging so fully present into the, into the present moment. You, that is the gateway into the eternal now. You're in the eternal now. You're in it, expanded into the infiniteness for a certain period of linear time, pop back in, reset. Make sense? But to the outside observer, you've just spaced out for five minutes. For some people in their path of um, awakening, that will be required. For Chris, this is really important. Right? And I had to understand, that, like, I, at first I'd be like, what the heck is he doing? He's just like, what's he doing? He's just yeah. I'm like, hello. I'm like, I'm like, are you there? And, and I was like, oh, he's not actually. Oh, oh, he's resetting. Right? But I had to realize that was happening. Right? So some of us need to do that. So well, all my point is about this, all these different examples I'm giving, is that time is illusory. It's one of the greatest illusions. Okay? And as we ascend or awaken, it starts to shift. It isn't as rigid. And what happens ultimately is that you start to master time as opposed to time mastering you, which is really what happens for most of us, right? We run around feeling enslaved to time, right? Because you're always like watching your watch, watching your watch, and you don't feel like you have enough time. So it starts to shift. So, um, and that also is kind of a, a, a generalized statement that will not make sense potentially intellectually to people. You have to get an... A, and I realize, again, this is, can be frustrating. However, it's true. It, you will get to the point, if you keep going, of course, that you will start to feel like, oh, wait, I can start to shift things about time. I can be really, do you see what I'm saying? Time isn't really this thing that enslaves me. I can actually move the boundaries of it. And what I would say also is that for people who distort time, it, you have to be very careful about distortion of time because you want to make sure that you're coming back into the present now in linear time. Yeah. If you are off, if you are off by like literally a quarter of a second, it can create an enormous instability in your field. It cause physical symptomaticness, mental, emotional stuff. Like it can really, it's not good. Yeah. So um, what I would say is that if people start playing with this, be mindful that you really have to be very aware of knowing how to get back into the present now before you start messing with time. Yeah. So that's what happened with people. The reason people, when they distort time, get messed up is because they forget where they are. It's like, it's like you've gotten on a bus in a city you don't know. Okay, you're in a new yeah. city. Yeah. Okay? You don't know the city at all. And you got on a bus. But you forgot to look to see where you picked up the bus. So now you've like driven around and you're like, well, shoot. Now I don't know where to get off because I don't know where I began. It's similar. Does that make sense? Yeah. And everywhere else has been really lovely, but kind of dangerous, right? So you don't want to get off anywhere else. You want to get off where you started. Make sense? Similarly, you want to get off into the present moment. It's really important. So let me throw this thought out. Mm -hmm. as, as I sit here and listen to this, mm -hmm. it's quite intriguing. It's, mm -hmm. it's, you know, and at points it's scary, and at points it's <laughs> exciting. Yeah. And so maybe you sharing this with us, Karen, mm -hmm. gives us the opportunity to think about on this journey, mm -hmm. we can have all kinds of different experiences. Yeah. And so the fact that these things can and do happen mm -hmm. is don't be fearful of them. Right. It's, it's part of the process. Yes, exactly. So, so I may not get into practicing distorting time. Right. But there's times when time may get distorted because of the frequency changes I'm going yes. through. Yes. And so whether or not I wish to do it, it could yeah. be part of the process. process. Yes, yeah. totally. Yeah. Um, the other illusion that I'm going to mention that will freak some people out, um, somebody asked me this the other day. Someone asked me, is the light always stronger than the dark? Is the light always more, is more powerful well, than the dark? That's a good one. That's a good one, right? <laughs> okay. 
All right, so I just want to talk about the illusion of the light versus the dark. Okay, so the light or the brilliance, the brilliance versus the darkness. So it's really not versus, it's actually a spectrum. Yeah, All right? yeah that's what I yeah. pictured. It's yeah. a spectrum from light to dark, yeah. okay? And, or brilliance to dark, when darkness, whatever. Okay, and I'm not talking about evil and good, I'm just talking about light and darkness. Okay, as humans, we tend to really like the light. We really, really like it, and we believe the illusion is light is good, we all want brilliance, yeah. the darkness is bad. Okay, it's even, it's so much in our culture and our religion, we actually, we, we act like this, I mean, racism is like this too, right? The darker you are, there is, you know, there is this under, implicit underlyingness with regards to skin color too, it's happened. You, you know, if you read Malcolm Gladwell, you can see the studies, anyway, whatever. So, there's, it's implicit in us, yes? So, what I want to say about the light to the dark, it is about achieving neutrality, okay, over both, all right, over both. It's not about one winning over the other. Does that make sense? The path to awakening is about getting to that zero point that I've mentioned before. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, there's an yeah. entire segment on the zero point. So watch that. And what I would say is that really the darkness is as much of a learning, and I'm not saying succumb to, okay, make this very clear. I'm not saying succumb to it, be seduced by it, be co-opted by it, yeah. become enslaved to it, nothing like that. I am not saying that. I'm saying that in order to ascend, you have to actually accept it. It exists in our dual reality. It is. Yeah. Okay? It just is. Do, doing, this. doing this doesn't make it go away. It's yeah. still there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as the light is still there, yeah. right? Yeah. Both are still there. Yeah. So, the thing is... Which are... It's wonderful. Yes. That they're both there. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They're very different. Yeah. And it's about coming to a neutrality with regards to both, okay? So that means that this illusion, or there's a lot of illusion, or like fear around death and decay and things that are dark and all that sort of stuff. And it's about in our process of this awakening or this rise in our vibrational level, just being able to accept it and see it. Even death freaks people out, Dennis. It's interesting to me. I posted a thing on Insta Instagram about um, an episode we did called Are You Afraid of Death? Which was a really, um, to me, one of the most powerful segments that I've done with, and it was a personal story about uh, my father when he passed away and him taking me on the near-death experience. And it was fascinating to me, but say, let's just say, I, get, I got like a tenth of the views that I normally do for that one, one little clip that I do for everything else I get because I had the word fear and death in the same little thing. And people are like, I don't want to see it, which is fascinating to me because I'm curious. So to me, I'd be like, I would want to read, I'd be curious about that, but not everyone is. So, but part of the death decay process is part of the quote unquote darkness because it is part of density, right? It is part of form that we typically are very scared of. And it's about coming into, and you know, the Buddhists will talk about all these different meditations where they talk about the impermanence and so on. And I'm not a Buddhist, so I actually don't know. But yeah. I know that there is um, this meditation where they have you, you know, see yourself as dead and the body and starting to decay and worms coming through it. So you don't attach to the body, right? And you don't fear physical death because you're this immortal soul uh, or spirit, right? Consciousness. I'm paraphrasing. Again, I'm not a Buddhist. Yeah. But the reason I enjoy that is because it takes away that you have to... Um, acknowledge that own decay process of your body because it's happening, right? It's part of that experience, but we're not. Aware. So anyway, so this illusion, I'm going back to the illusion of light over dark. It's not 
that kind of thing. It's really about acknowledging, so I'm shifting it, I'm just going to reframe this, into it's not about light more powerful than dark. It's about your own neutrality between both, not succumbing to the, you have to become strong enough to not succumb to the darkness. Okay, I just want to make that very clear. Yeah. It's not necessarily easy. It's required. For some of us, it's required that we have to like experience the darkness to like be like, oh, finally, I want to be free of this. And there's some people I work with. This is their struggle, and they find when they transcend, they're finally like, hallelujah, right? I'm like, I'm done. Like I've gotten through all this darkness, and finally, finally, now mm-hmm. we can move through this path of the zero point because we've we've had to experience this whole thing right, for whatever reason, it depends on the individual, and now here we are. So, and, but it's interesting because as they come out of this darkness, it, because they're so strong internally, it's not about then going to the brilliance, it's about ascending in neutrality between both. They don't actually, do you see what I'm saying? They don't yeah. now crave the light as a result. They understand, it's almost like they've become so strong internally from having gone through that fire of having to, um, like uh, go through their journey yeah. with the darkness, that they are super awesomely happy with being in that neutrality. Does that make sense? Because yeah. that's a point of strength for them. Yeah. So that's just another illusion I wanted to mention. The first thing I thought of when you said that about that, that question about, you know, please, please tell me that light wins. You know, I think we all grew up on these movies, yeah. you know, the good guy and the bad, bad guy. guy. Yeah. And oh, please tell me the good guy's going to win. Yeah. And then we get into times where, oh my, it looks like the bad guy's going to win. Yeah. You know, and then we like, oh, this fear between kind of the dark energy and the light right. energy. And yeah. so, yeah. yeah. And you're saying the secret is, in, is to really, truly be able to live and work in a realm where there's both. Yeah, and just be in the middle of both. And you've got the strength to maintain yourself. Yeah, in the middle of both. On your journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And I would say that that is critical yeah. in terms of awakening, in terms of being able to sustain. Because as here's what happens. As you strengthen and you get to that middle point, your frequency of vibration must rise. Yeah. Right? It just has to. Because it's almost like you're getting more focused, more concentrated on spirit level, so therefore you can rise higher and then sustain the frequency levels to which you're rising into, right? Yeah. And, you know, the beauty of that is as you go up, you don't have to keep bouncing back all the way over to the light or bouncing back all the way over to the dark. Yes. Yeah, right up the middle. Yeah. Yeah, so. and you don't really want to come off the middle that much, <laughs> ever, <laughs> if you can help it. <laughs> the middle road. Yeah, exactly. Well, this has been really, really fascinating, Karen. So thank you so much. Thank you. Karen, could you help me? I hear so often when I look at uh, your video or your website, GFC. Exactly what is that? A GFC is a group frequency calibration, which looks a lot like a guided meditation on a particular topic. And what I'm doing is I'm helping you to remove the distortion patterns of that particular topic. And because you're coming together as a mastermind in a group to connect to pure source even more and to clear the distortion patterns of this particular topic, what happens is a tremendous amount of momentum starts to happen because of the energetic of the entire group. And each individual is able to move faster and ascend higher than they could have on their own. Because I'm working on the frequency level, these GFCs are not like regular meditations, and many people find they go into varying degrees of altered state. So please do not drive while listening to this GFC. 
Welcome everyone to the group frequency calibration for the illusion. Let's call this transcending the illusion. So first, becoming aware of your body. Noticing the position of your feet. Are they always this way when you lie down or sit down or stand up? Or at this moment, are they in a different position? Noticing the weight of your head. Now, as you're, if you're lying down, becoming aware of the weight of your head as it sinks into whatever you're lying down on. And if you're sitting or standing up, noticing the position of your head in addition to its weight. Is it right on top of your spine? Is it inclined slightly forward or perhaps even a lot forward? Or is it tipped back? Just notice the position of your head and its weight. Good. And now noticing your breath. Is it shallow? Tense? Full? At ease? Noticing your breath and taking this opportunity if you haven't already, to deepen your breath. Good. And now noticing your surroundings, the ambient noises around you, other than the sound of my voice, and also the sounds on my end. Noticing if you get frustrated by these sounds or if they're just there in the background. Some of you are advanced enough that if you hear the sounds in the background, they serve to sharpen your focus. Noticing the sounds and your reaction to them. Good. Noticing the temperature of the space that you're in. Very nice. Bringing your attention now, please, to your xiphoid process. Your xiphoid process is at the base of your sternum. Your sternum is that big thick bone in the center of your chest where your ribs meet in front of your body. If you trace your sternum to its base with a fingertip, you'll hit a fleshy point at the base of the bone. That fleshy point is a little bit tender when you press on it. That is your xiphoid process. Bringing your attention here, please, as we take 
a nice, full, deep inhale. And at the very top of your inhale, when you can't take any more air in, please hold your breath for a full count of four. And whenever you have completed that four count, releasing all the air out of your lungs and holding your breath out for a full count of five, noticing what length of count you have chosen. And for those of you with a faster count, keeping your attention in the xiphoid process, breathing normally as we wait for the mastermind to coalesce. And as we do that, for those of you who are new, please note that I'm working on you at the group and the subgroup level, and that I'll be making noises on my end. So you'll likely hear me hum or yawn, even though I'm not tired, or possibly exhale sharply. That's just how I remove the distortion patterns. And I'm working more and more in silence. So if you don't hear anything on my end, please know that I am still working on you. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who are new, please know that if I say something that resonates with you, it's likely yours. And if I say something that you really resist, likely that is yours as well. And I invite you to be open to that possibility and to examine it. Bringing your attention now, please, to your heart space in the center of your chest, in your nipple line, as you breathe normally. And as you bring your attention to the center of your chest, and in fact, it's from your center of your chest in a straight line directly down to your xiphoid process, keeping your attention on that center line, let's go ahead and ask ourselves the following question. How can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? And that question again is, how can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? And as you ask yourself that question, please imagine, sense, feel, or become aware of the very center of your body, wherever that is for you. And as you become aware of or imagine the space at the very center of your body, becoming aware of or imagining a brilliance at its very center that starts to intensify because you have your attention on it. And this brilliance starts to expand out through your cells. Through 
through your organs. Out through your bone structure. Out through your flesh. Radiating out through the pores of your skin into the space between your physical body and the outer perimeter of your spirit body at arms, which is a sphere at arm's length all around you. Becoming very aware of the brilliance within the sphere. Good. Now please bring your attention to the space all around the sphere. And as you keep your attention on this space, I am working at source level to increase your frequency vibration. So this is the most effective and efficient session possible for you. And also you can't come here on your own yet. I have to bring you here, but by bringing you here, this allows you to know where you're going. You're in training to yourself, basically. You don't need to understand what that means. Yeah. Very good. Okay, bringing your attention, please, to your heart space and to your rib cage. Okay, both. So as you bring your attention to both of these spaces, the first distortion pattern that we're going to remove is the attachment to the various illusions. There's many of them. So let's release this because if you keep this, it will be difficult for you to see or become aware of the illusion. Once we release our attachment to our illusion, it will become clearer. We become attached to the illusion because it creates a certain degree of certainty, predictability, comfort for us. So we become attached to delusion, even if it's not real. So let's release the attachment.
for a pretty large subgroup of you, you hang on to those illusions very strongly. So there's fear around what will happen if you see them for what they are. Bring your attention, please, to your lower ribs now, okay, wherever that is for you, your lower ribs and your xiphoid process. Mm -hmm. All right. So this is an external control pattern where there are certain larger, uh, let's call them forces that would prefer that you remain under the illusion because it, uh, disempowers you to some degree and makes you easier to control. So we're going to release this. So that you can have the option to see things more clearly. And what you choose to do after that is yours. Okay. So removing the control. Good. Bringing your attention, please, to your throat space, so the front of your throat space, and keeping your attention in the, well, actually the solar plexus, okay? So between the belly button and the base of the sternum. So that's the throat space, solar plexus. Okay. So there's a subgroup of you that really want to transcend the illusion, 
Okay, so that's awesome. We're going to facilitate that. There are others who don't, and that's okay. You don't need to. So for those of you who are interested in transcending the illusion to accelerate even more into your potential, what we're going to do here is remove this distortion pattern of the fear of the, um, the potential, okay, of what is even possible, the unknown. So all of that is very positive, however, it can be overwhelming or scary if you're not sure what it is. So we're going to remove this fear, resistance to discomfort with all of this potential acceleration and growth. Bring your attention now to the upper ribs. Yeah. So this is creating more space between you and the illusions. Okay. So you have more distance from it and can see it from a different perspective, not it, them. See them from a different perspective. So, helping you with this. And now bringing your attention to your xiphoid process. What I'm going to do here is amplify a state where the illusions, mm, like the closest level where the illusions are not as pervasive. So we're neutral to them. We can see them for what they are. So I'm going to amplify this so you again know where you're going and so you can feel the freedom of it. Okay, so here we go. And even if you feel nothing, on some level, you're registering it. So just for a moment, so we don't distort too much, amplifying this. 
So I'm going to leave you in this space for as long as you'd like. And I look forward to working with you on the next GFC. Good. This brings us to the end of this session. I look forward to working with you on the next GFC. These GFCs help people release distortion patterns. It's my sincere hope that you benefit profoundly from this series, which is why I spend so much of my personal resources creating these as my gift to the world. If a GFC topic resonates with you, often more work that can be provided in this one GFC is needed to really clear or loosen deeply held distortion patterns in areas that are sticky. Because these patterns are like layers of an onion, usually there are multiple layers to individual topics. Depending on how much of a challenge this topic is for you, it may make sense for you to go deeper than what this session allows. If you feel this is the case for you, please visit sphericalluminosity.com for more targeted support.